When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 13 of The Worst Idea of All Time. My name is Tim Bat. Lucky number seven. My name is Guy Montgomery. It's good to be here. Uh, Sex and the City 2 is the smorgasbord that we've laid out for ourselves. And we've been tasting. We had a tasting it up. platter of yum, Sex yum, yum. and the City 2 served up by a four... Foxy waitresses dressed in all sorts of ridiculous fancy fancy dress. Each time they bring a new dish out, they will have changed, and they will have changed into uh, so a, a each ge- outfit more breathtaking than the last. A garish, often comically overstated, colourful explosion. Yeah. A genuine bonanza. A cacophony. A cacophony of colour and shape. Uh, it was visually noisy, is what we're trying to say about the film today. Visually noisy. That's true. I would like to say that the visual noise of the film, yeah. just the genuine amount of shit they've thrown at it, makes it, um, if you look at the background of frame, I think mostly at the wedding, to be honest, though, uh, it's quite interesting. It at least keeps you engaged. You can look past the shitty dialogue and action and into a pretty textured world of extras and set dressing. Like a painting. However, the issue is, as soon as you remove the... Um, wonderful ambience and background noise of other options to look at mm. and create narratives for. Yes, you're just left in the same company of a fraying group of friends, a relationship on its hind legs, hopped up like a cute dog following a piece of food at the end of your fingertips. A vacuous vacuum of vainness is what mm, the three Tim weekly the three V's. Today. As Tim was taught by his media studies teacher in fourth form. He said, Tim, never forget, alliteration is the key. That's right. Shout out to Big D, my old media studies teacher. He he handed you a key that was cut. The word alliteration was cut as the actual grooves on the key, wasn't it? Big fan of puns, he was. And what? But that key opened a door. Yes, a real door. And a metaphorical door as well. The real door opened was to the AV room, so I got to use the cameras and the equipment whenever I wanted. The metaphorical door was to learning how to use the equipment that was in the room. So we're both quite oh, yeah, quite literal, linked. yeah, yeah. But um, but it was good. Isn't it um make such a difference what time of day you watch this movie? Because that was a lot easier uh, during sort of like morning hours. 
Yes. Morning ash, early afternoon. Hours. It cannot be overstated the different mental impact different screen times have. I think when we squ- when we have to squeeze one in and we're we're at the end of our tether, yeah, with the film and each other, yeah, it is a genuinely arduous. I'm not going to listen back to last. I don't usually listen back. I'm definitely never going to touch last week's episode. That was not a positive experience. Oh, the cool does is uh, a cruel mistress in some respects. We got pretty at each other's throats. Fair to say. But I look at you now, and I just I see the shining face of friendship and hope. That's, I'm glad I think, you how forgot all I... about the phone number business. <laughs> so you're really riled by that. It was just an impractical use of... T- look, we're not going to dredge all of this up again. <laughs> you're right. We're not going to. Um, but yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. The danger with this podcast is that we keep making so many apologies for the movie that every now and then we forget to tell you that it's very, very bad. It's a very, very bad movie that I think is sitting on something like 11% it's on tr- Rotten it's Tomatoes. Like tremendously it's, bad. Yeah, it's a very terrible it's movie. offensive in every way. The greatest offense, I think, that I'm bringing week in, week out with this film is the length. Yeah. Two and a half hours is long <laughs> for any movie. God, and I have gotten into the habit now of like when we see something extraneous in the script being played out on screen, we're just like, cut it, <laughs> cut it. If you cut all those things... Like We're cutting could, a whole new movie. We'll get this thing down to episode length. Well, j- just on keeping everything in there, but just the odd like throwaway line or throwaway shot, I reckon you'd you'd lose about 25 minutes very easily. Like you and I could just be in an editing suite for half an afternoon. Boom. 25 minutes gone out of this film. And that still leaves you with an over two-hour movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's just. intense. That's crazy. It is. Like, yeah. Anyway, a lot, a lot of what Carrie says, and I've said that before, but a lot of the you were very angry says. at the narrative. You, you were, you were. There were accusations flying thick and fast from your, your mouth about laziness of narrative device. Oh yeah, because it's just everything is played out through musical cues and narration, which are like the two easiest ways to convey emotion. It's like Michael Patrick King has gone, oh fuck it, I can't be bothered writing properly or trusting the actors to be able to carry this so i'll just make sure everyone knows by hitting them over the head with some narration and musical cues which you think i think maybe the reason that's so deeply frustrating a little bit yeah is that very nasally is is that um that should make that should make for a lean fast moving film (laughs) yeah yeah and you pointed out that at the start we start on quite a cracking pace yeah because we open up Pretty much in the jewelry we get, store. We get modern. We get current context, like a backstory of all the friendships, and then told that there's a wedding happening. And within four and a half minutes, including opening credits, boom, we're, we're at there. the wedding. And those credits are pretty big too. They're big, like James Bond style credits. They're not quite yeah. a whole music. I was thinking James but. Bond because Alicia Keys sings the. Um, oh, true. She did one with Jack White. Yeah. For uh, die another day. Not sure which one. Just die. Another day, I guess I'll die. That was definitely Madonna. Another day. Oh, you're right. It's not my time to go. Ray of Light is a spectacular song that is entirely underrated. And ironically, that was made famous by an Austin Powers movie, which is what was parodying James Bond. So Music was made famous by an Austin Powers movie. What? Music makes it... No. Oh, it no, was Ray like, of Light. That... If you look at the music video for Ray of Light, doesn't that have Bust heaps of Austin Powers? No, 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 that's, a, that's another one. Oh, you're right. Your oh, you Madonna are right. references are all over the shop. Yeah, she did sorry, a video mate. with Ali G. Yeah. That was, that was for music. Yeah. Makes the people. So what was the one she did for Austin Powers? Something about Britain. 
there were shots of the um, Union Jack convertible in the video clip from memory. Yeah, he, she's riding in it with him, I think. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, I'm sure you'll correct us, internet. Uh, you're she so good stayed at culturally, re- culturally relevant for Raul. Oh, she's reaching now. Yeah, that she is with, uh, Who did she flip out? Um, Drake. Oh, she pitched Drake. You got to see that footage, mate. So Drake has to peel Madonna off his face <laughs> and looks disgusted that it has happened. It was at a recent. It was at an awards thing this year. It was like a month ago. It's <laughs> it's not pretty, eh? Is that funny? She's, f- about, she's in her sixties, isn't she? No. Yeah, she's in her fifties. Early sixties. Truly, sixty, I reckon. No. Should I check? N- you. you Finish that thought that you had, mate. What were you going to say? Okay. Oh, no, she fell down. There was a video of her falling down the other which is pretty funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. People falling down. Well, is, yeah, but not old ladies. That's pure comedy. I reckon if you showed, like, an infant... Before I double-check how old Madonna is, how old does she be when it stops being funny that she fell over? <laughs> 65 Yeah, I was going to say 65, too. She's definitely, like, 65. She is... Oh, she's 56. There you go. Sorry, Madonna. I know she's a big I fan. I think, honestly, to be honest, I think 60s when it stops being funny, but because I thought she was going to be over 60 from your confidence, I went 65. J-Lo's 45. Google just gave me that for free. I didn't even ask for that one. <laughs> Annie Lennox is 60 and Cher is 69. Fair Cher's been Cher. around for a while. Yeah, man. Oh, Do yeah, that's what I wanted to look up. Love after love. Who is Liza Minnelli's mum? Because I thought that it was... Uh, um, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. But uh, I don't know for sure. You know? I took some notes about the film this week. Oh, did you? Not many, and I don't think they're going to go very well, but they're in there somewhere. Well, please indulge me with your fantastic notes. Um, Charlotte- it is Judy Garland. <laughs> <laughs> We're so bad at padding for time now, eh? We used to be real good at it. But I do want to confirm that Liza Minnelli's mother is Judy Garland. Dorothy you're, herself. You're purely confirming that with yourself. Yeah, you did true. that on. You shouldn't. You did that on the podcast time. That's Timbat research. Sorry, I apologise for that. It's okay. Back to you. Did you have a note? Uh, a note? Charlotte. I think we've mentioned it in passing. Charlotte, uh, her social skills or like her her manner of conversation and reaction to conversation is she takes every throwaway comment as literally as possible, and it looks exhausting. Yeah, but that's... You can't speak in colloquialisms around her. <laughs> that's her character. She's neurotic, you know? That's who she, she was brought up, neurotic. You can be neurotic and still understand the nature of conversation and throwaway <laughs> comments. Let's, like, if you said, let's address the elephant in the room, yeah. Charlotte would like stand up and flip a table and frantically look about herself. She's not autistic. She understood. Was that autism? No, that's like Charlotte. I don't know what <laughs> right, we'll just call it Charlotte. She's not that. Fair play to Charlotte. I think you're being too harsh on her. Do you? Yeah. She's annoying and she's highly strung, but she understands what a metaphor is. I don't know that she does. Do you have any think, evidence think, to bring to the fore yes. whatsoever? Steve, who has opened uh, an English school, like a tertiary education, like a tertiary institution for, in which he teaches English, basic English. Um, he's hired Charlotte and the school was terrible it's had terrible reviews online on Yelp and TripAdvisor and they specifically take issue with grammar with this is the evidence you're choosing to lead with this is my, this is the hardest evidence I've got okay that Steve started a, an English language school at which Charlotte teaches and the school is atrocious reviews. the reviews are in 
two stars. <laughs> the school has been closed down. Far out. Lost its funding. Huh? It's unrelated to any of the education stuff. It was just health and It's also unrelated to sex in the city too. So you've drawn rats all based. through the pipes. <laughs> that we, I would like to try and get us to start a, a saying like that. like um, Rats in the pipes. Yeah, there's rats in the pipes means, you know, there's something rotten about the situation. Or like, or I don't know. I'll think of one. I was trying to get stupid shit off the ground, you know. Rats Very really weird. Rats in the pipes is a nice hashtag. I don't. I don't know. Let's get that trending. Oh. no, let's not. I feel like you've sullied. Well, something. I haven't sullied, by sticking a hashtag on it. I haven't sullied anything. You know, Samantha rubbing yams into herself. Could we make that a thing? <laughs> you had a very good point about the specificity specificity do you know it was a new year's resolution of mine to learn how to say that word correctly (laughs) i wanted so badly to get it on the first try specificity you can say it though i've heard you say it before um you say it now specificity no specificity specificity ah now you're just doing it to mess with me huh um with her rubbing the yams on herself yeah as like a frantic lust Measure and if, localized means of if you, combating menopause. If you decontextualize what what's happening in that one moment, she just she's like she's in Abu Dhabi. Firstly, she's like you know thousands of miles away from home uh, with her best friends. She's sitting in the sun, and she goes couldn't hurt. And then in a last ditch attempt to try and normalize her hormone balance while she's going through menopause, she's applying yams topically to her skin to try and absorb estrogen. Like it's just if you just take that moment of the movie and you're like, what is what is going on here? Like, what's happening? What is this? That is, it's similarly actually. We have a moment in the movie when Carrie and Big get back from the wedding to the apartment, and uh, there's one moment that she checks out the ludicrously large walk-in wardrobe with a coded like password, is a system. thumb scan or something, isn't thumb, it? Yeah, or is there a retina, retina scan, <laughs> thumbs, toes. It's all 20 fingerprints. Drop a little bit of blood in a vial. a hair follicle. Anyway, later on she ruffles some uh, blue curtains with gold trim. Yeah. And we always like to imagine that there's like some like somewhat passive home intruder is... Who's like hiding Don't dumb it down for our audience. You know who we think is there. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Is it's become... We think it's the guy from Too Many Cooks. The murderer. The murderer from Too Many Cooks. And then so when we were watching it today and... That scene came on. Tim just quietly, not even to anyone, I think, like, quietly thought out loud. This he just went too many cooks, and it it killed me. And then it, I I noticed the context of that joke. Yeah, like the species spef- spef- of that is 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 insane. Yeah, we're the only ones, and now obviously anyone who's listening, I guess, is in on the. It's out there now, but, but up until now, it bloom, it bloom, Carrie ruffling those feathers and me just. It blew my mind. Out loud saying he triggered cooks. an entire scene with mm. the too many cooks guy. Yeah, and there's a special kind of um, mania that we've found together there. Look, all of this is horsewash because what I want to get into uh, immediately is our, our segment because I think it's going to be rich and heady today because we were chatting a lot about it from the film, and that segment is what's he doing? Where's he off to? Ooh. Jinx. Personal jinx. Yahtzee. Um, so, Guy and I are in agreement Bongle. this week. What he's off to do is punch a horse with so much force that it flies through the window of the cafe where the ladies are lunching. 
Uh, to fill you in, if you've just jumped into the podcast, this is a movie where we watch Sex in the City 2. Early on, there's a, a, a scene where they're all in a cafe. It's not early on. There's a man. Wow. It's all comparative, isn't it? There's a guy who is absolutely slamming the espressos. He is choking the coffees. He is gurgling the, the good stuff. Yeah, there's no garana in coffee. Yep. No, we'll go with you one. Uh, and it, and then leaves in a, in a big hurry to go off to do something. We always like to try and ruminate around what he's up to. And what, I mean, why he needs to be that jacked up. What could he possibly do with that amount of energy? And it turns out he can push what were understood as the laws of physics and human strength and that he has the capacity. Not a particularly strong guy and not really a background in boxing. Yeah. Can find the the determination and the strength within himself to punch a full-grown horse, yeah. mare or stallion. Yes. 38 hands. Yes. 800 kilos through a window. He can lift it from the ground. With a punch. And, and move it with such trajectory. It doesn't just rebound off a, like a double-glazed window. Essentially, there's bulletproof. It's interesting that you bring up... Uh you know, defying the laws of, of, of human physiology and whatnot. Because, you know when um, <clears throat> people get electrocuted and they kind of like jump back, they fly back? Mm. Do you know that's nothing to do with like the kind of the ignition, the spark, whatever? That is all your muscles. And it's actually changed the way that biologists, you know, and people who know about these things think about what the human muscular system is capable of. You exert such fo- it's it's purely from your muscles tensing up that you like jump oh, back and shit. Wow, crazy, eh? Yeah, it's, it's nothing to do with like. It's not even a mental no reaction from. It, like, it's not triggered by your mind. That's pure. Well, it's like it's the electricity going yeah, into your like, body yeah. and making all your muscles react, which tenses like tenses them in a particular way, and you kind of like you jump back. You like. It's not like cognizant though. It's your body's just like nope. Yeah, but I always thought it was the force. It was like a bomb, you know. It was like an impact from the. From yeah. the electrical event, but it's not. It's it's the reaction of your muscles, and it's matters to rethink what the human body is capable of. So I think we're still within the realm of Sex and City Two here. This guy's out punching horses into cafe shop windows. I mean, he is loving it. Can I say this? The guy is absolutely <laughs> all about this now. He's invented a sport. He's invented a whole league where he's facing other people. He's essentially horses. running riot. Yeah, the guy punched. 20 horses on his first day's punching. Because he, he he had one and he didn't, he didn't know life could be so good. He, he originally punched, he punched the first horse he saw, which was a New York Police Department horse in Central Park. Yeah. With such force it travelled 20 kilometres. Which means he can be done for killing a, a police. He's a cop killer is what he is. Those horses are sworn officers of the law. Well, he's, not cop, get it. he's not a cop. He's not a cop. Did the horse die or survive? horse died. Horse died. This took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> he killed a horse. Jesus. Not all of them die. That, that changes the whole context of your afternoon. Oh, really? If not for the guy. The guy's a maniac. Yeah. But for the girls and anyone at the cafe. Well, That's I a guess. pretty big gear change uh, from a normal afternoon service. A horse coming yeah. through a window. Yeah. Shaking the glass off and then neighing and running back outside. Oh, that I can stomach, and I'm sure the ladies can move on with their conversation. But, but a horse coming through the window and dying, bleeding out in front of your very eyes? 
See, I don't think it that gets changes cut. the tone of things. I don't think the horse gets cut. It's the impact that kills it. It's the trauma. It's dead before of it. it's through the window. So it's kind of humane, and <laughs> in some ways, it's, it's humane to well, punch a horse. Scientists to maintain death. it is the most humane way to kill a horse. As long as you can kill it with one punch, yeah, that's the key. Because the as soon as the as soon as the the hand strikes the horse, yeah, the horse will. It's curtains for the horse. <laughs> as long as you're good enough at punching horses, yeah. Yeah. Well, good if enough. Not- I say I say that. There's more of a um, you know, a judgment word. Powerful enough at punching horses to kill one in one. Is guy. that exclusively from physical power? Do you think, or is there a mental? There's some sort of mental, like strength and fortitude behind those. Almost like blows. a chi, mm. like a chi flow flowing like into the horse. And, and the, only in the deepest of caffeine induced meditations do you have the strength. Mm. Wherewithal, yep, courage to summon it and focus it into a single punch, like a one-inch punch, like what Bruce Lee used to do. But to a horse, Bruce Lee never did that to a horse. Tell him that for free. He was a peace-loving man, and he loved animals. He did love animals, but not this guy. Not our coffee man. In fact, our coffee man uh, challenged Mister Big of Mister Big of the eponymous Mister Big's just goosies. Challenged him to a horse punch-off on the Brooklyn Bridge, uh, which is being presided over and judged none other than the Rat King Brady. That's right. The two, Mr. Big and Coffee Guy, stand back to back and in the middle of the bridge. Yes. And at either end of the bridge, it is absolutely loaded with stallions and mares. They just keep sending them in from all Brumbies the surrounding boroughs. Wrangled from the boroughs of Brooklyn. Horses from Manhattan. Qu- Horse, horses from Queens. Horses from the plains of Queens. Horses from, uh, from the Bronx. Horses from Staten Island. Horses from Brooklyn. All of the horses. Hips, right. Hipster horses. They're coming in with wearing, their... They're wearing satchels and Birkenstocks, some of these horses. And big thick-rimmed glasses that don't do... It. They're actually yeah. just fashionable blinkers. But yeah. Don't tell the horse that. They're wearing Yankees hats. They're wearing pinstripe business suits. And they're ironically drinking like schmuck label beer. <laughs> What's beer, that label the that beer, they drink? It's schmuck. It's, it's labeled schmuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're drinking it ironically, heavily ironically. And everyone's just sending in these horses, these different horses. And the horses are charging at them, and the two men scream a guttural cry. Yeah. Their battle cry rings out. The likes of which you have never never heard. Through the airy streets of New York. Big cries out, this is for Lazarus. Take back your evil, and we'll keep the hat. Meanwhile, uh, Coffee Coffee Guy guy says... This is for Java, Lord of Coffee. <laughs> for JavaScript, the software. For Java and JavaScript and all his descendants. Which I, which I developed 10 years ago. He did. He did. And then he, he infused f- with the power of Java himself. He gave birth to Java's son, JavaScript. A coding language <laughs> principally responsible for large, large portions of the internet in, during the 90s. Not so much now. We're kind of heading more away from JavaScript well, you these know days. what happened? He got... He got distracted, didn't he? He stopped developing his software and started training. He didn't know what Can for. you blame him? He didn't know why he started, you know, why his body would just make him go for long 25-kilometer runs. Yeah, Java. That's, that's 13 miles. Java was in him. 13 and a half miles. Java bless him. Java bless Coffee Man. He was battling his own body at first, fighting the body's urge to exercise and train. It, it impacted his relationship with his family. It certainly impacted his, his work relationships. Yeah. Until one day when he was in the Bronx and he saw a burning rubbish bin that was talking to him. 
and it said, I am Java, the one true God. <laughs> Go with this. Caffeine bubbling over the sides of the steel bin. Yeah. Hot to touch. Absolutely. Too hot to drink. Bitter. So they have their horse punch off. Over-extracted. And um, the troubling news is 600 horses were swept away into the... Water. <laughs> yeah, what is that? What's the body of water that the Brooklyn Bridge goes over? I believe it's the Amazon. <laughs> is it? Yes. Where's the Hudson? The Hudson runs through parts of West Africa. Ah, I see. I'm getting my rivers mixed up the wrong way. And your lakes. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the Amazon, uh, swept away into the Amazon. Eaten by crocodiles. Half a dozen thousand of them. The Amazon ran red that day. That's not right. With the blood of horse. <laughs> and uh but one one man emerged the victor. According to Rat King Brady, and that man was Mr. Big. Was it? That is correct. Didn't know that. He won out on the day, fueled by the power of Jascuzzi and yes. invention. It was contentious for the two men had both hit two hundred and ninety nine horses. One horse had turned around. And returned to Macchiato because it was too cold. The other horse, they both struck at the same time. Mm. Mr. Big from on high. Yes. Coffee guy from below. And Mr. Big's arm flew through the entire horse, through the horse body. His lengthy arm. Wow. Until his fist came through the other side of the horse. Coffee guy's fist, of course, ended at the spine of the horse. Whoa. Mr. Big raised his arm up. Yeah. An entire horse and coffee guy flailing with his hand stuck, entrenched within the horse guts. Wow. So he hadn't split the horse in twain. He no. W- he himself was betwixt the sides of the horse. The horse and Mr. Big were betwixt one another. Right. And they went on to have a loving and caring relationship. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. That's a good end. Good end to that tale. One man and his horse. Do Jesus you know? Christ. Got hell, deep in there, huh? Hell of a journey, kid. Yeah, indeed. What was your shining light this week? Uh, it was a piece of... It's so obscure. I don't even know why I bring it up, um, because most people haven't seen this movie, but there's a piece of music. <laughs> and good on you! <laughs> why don't we cancel the entire <laughs> podcast? Um, the, the piece of music that plays... I th- It's just after Carrie's cheated on Big with Aiden, right? Yeah. Just after the kiss. And it's so generic, but I love it. It's got this cool little bass line, and kind it's of a, kind a, of Middle Eastern sounding, and... But a it's sort of sitar. like secret agent music. That's what I thought too. It sounded to me like a spy movie. Yeah. But it could be used in anything. Like it's the kind of music that could be used in a moment of tension in a romantic comedy. Or a, would you describe this as a romantic comedy? No. What is this genre-wise? I think it's meant to be a romantic comedy. I don't think it fulfills on either of those yeah. promises. What do you get when you set out to be a romantic comedy and you are neither romantic nor comedic? comedic? This <laughs> Sex in the City too. <laughs> hey, what do you get? <laughs> Try that joke in the club. Yeah, man, test that one out. Um, but it's not. You can never argue it's a drama. I guess it is. A, it's a romantic it's a comedy. Dra- it's a, dr- a romantic dramedy. Rom com. It's not a. What do you think of the term dramedy? Uh, well, as far as portmanteaus go, I like it. It's a portmanteau. Yeah. What? Not a portmanteau. <laughs> Wait, that would only work if the word was portmanteau. Have you been saying portmanteau this entire time? Mm, yes. Oh, no. That's not the word at all. It's 
portmanteau. You're confused, mate. Portmanteau. You've, you're all you're all mixed up in your brain box. What was your shining light? My shining light. You definitely don't have one. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> what? I mean, what is there to enjoy? Yeah, I my know. shining light. Oh, I did. I've probably used it already, but the sound mix. Uh, some the the audio engineer deserves an Academy Award, if only for the glass clink aboard the aeroplane. The, the it, HMS. It, in fact, that entire scene where they're neck and cocktails on the airplane I enjoyed I, I like that I like that they, the way they were taking advantage of the good fortune that had befallen them to be riding this airplane for 13 hours just go to the bar and get tanked yeah there's nothing quite like getting hammered on a plane too it's a very unique kind of we got pretty shit faced when we went to Los Angeles on that plane ride but we took a sleeping pill and just that's the best probably the best sleep I've ever had <laughs> it's deep like in my life you don't wake up feeling crisp yeah, that's true. But I managed to um, sleep through like an entire... Yeah. How long is that flight? It's like 10 impressive. hours. It was good. The other thing, of course, we should address is the magazine that Charlotte reads. She puts it down at sh- in shock at Carrie's uh, suggestion that her and Biggie are going to take two days off a week from their marriage. Mm. And she puts it down on the ledge and it comically and gently falls from the ledge... By itself. ...to the bud, by itself. Untouched. Like, I like to think the editors and Michael Patrick King were pouring over the footage, just hoping there was another take. Someone tweeted that at us to bring it to our attention just today, just this morning, and I actually want to give them a shout-out because we don't do that enough, Guy. You know, we don't acknowledge the um, wonderful people, the folks who get in touch the with people us. people at home. The people guys, in their car. You're what makes this what it is. The people just doing household chores, playing it through their house sound system. Uh, oh, uh, Leaf? Parker is is it his L E I F Leaf Leaf sounds good to me Leaf Parker so thank you for um, shooting that gif on through to us that also suggests to me Leaf that you've watched the film what's going on there call you call a oh one. is this the same person this is I think this is the same person who photoshopped our faces onto all of the girls uh, on the shot when they were in the desert did you see that image at the time I did see that image that it's a funny a, image a little while ago. It's terrifying is what it is. It's a little bit of me. There's a little bit of you. There's no goodness to it. Oh, baby, we got a stool going. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not pretty. Well, do you have any other questions or comments, thoughts to share? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm in a weird zone. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I feel like... We're in a weird zone mm. right now. Uh, watch number 13 was never going to be particularly fun. Having it just a day and a half after when we last watched it is uh, oh, uniquely kind of painful. Doing it in the morning it's, negates it's, a little bit too, of that. It's just too long and bad to focus on. Yeah. it's so, I couldn't... Maybe we could on the next one we could try and recount the plot that's what I was going to try and do top to bottom I wanted to do the pitch to you that we usually do with guests you want to pitch it to me yeah right now yes okay well I'm a very busy man so please make this quick I understand and thank you I've got a coffee date with Adrian Grenier in in five minutes oh my goodness can I ask what kind of project you're uh, pursuing it's very exciting I can't give you any more information than that hashtag the boys are back we don't speak in hashtags, Adrian and I. Is it the Entourage movie? It's it's not the Entourage movie. Oh. 
Is it a different thing? It's an exciting new project that I'm working on with Adrian Grenier. Is it a documentary? Did you come here to hear about the projects I'm working on, or did you come? Mr. Montgomery, I've got a pitch for you. Um, this is going to make both of us very, very rich men. Uh, I'm already incredibly wealthy. And currency. Wow. I got in on Mr. Big's Jacuzzi uh, when the getting was still good. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, a good friend of mine moved out to New York and launched a new business. I could have kicked myself. There was a guy who recommended I buy stock in Mr. Big's Jacuzzi, and I, I dismissed him. I got a five percent stakeholder in the business. I'm oh. a very wealthy man. All right. Well, look, but I don't want to waste your with time. my money. I'm looking to make a film. Okay. Um, here's what I think you and the movie-going audience of the world needs: Sex in the City Two. This is a franchise Ooh. you know and love. I am familiar. What if we got the girls after the first movie, where Carrie has decided to marry Big? I I enjoyed that. I thought that was fantastic resolution. Well, it was a wonderful final chapter for the series, so for the franchise. Why don't we take that natural conclusion to its natural conclusion, which is, of course, the four friends travelling to the Middle East? What? Now, I'll have to s- s- p- hit pause on this pitch for a second there. I don't know that we need to necessarily, if we're going to open this back up, we, we, we don't want to just completely ignore. Why, why on earth would the girls... Travel to the middle. Sex in the city has always been about American culture, the cutting edge of American culture. We started the TV show at a time where society was sick of seeing nothing but penises on TV. They wanted to see vaginas. So we gave them four. Was that that in the original meeting? That, that was how you, those were the terms in which you discussed. The, that's the synopsis upon which we made uh, a TV show with HBO. Does your your writers' room perceives television shows and for vaginas in organs? Give them the public what they want for vaginas. So I don't need to tell you this. You know this. This is it's always interesting to rehash. Though I know we, everyone remembers things differently. You know. So what I'm suggesting to you now is in the same way that America and the Middle East are on a convergence course this right now. already sounds like we box to, office poison. We, we need to get the girls over to the Middle East to show the world that the American and uh, Middle Eastern cultures can bubble together in a great big melting pot. I do not think we need to wade into the, the Middle East with our culture. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> with due respect, Mr. Montgomery... People have looked to the TV show and the first movie, Sex in the City, for their cues on how to form relationships with other people, uh, what to wear, uh, what they should do in the middle of the day when they're in Manhattan and are surrounded by three friends. Mm. And that, of course, is go for coffee or booze. Provided answers. So in the same way, we are showing the world what they should be doing. And by world, I mean America. With regards to interacting well, we, with the Middle Eastern culture. These characters surely cultures. are not the, the spokespeople who we want to represent us. Absolutely. They're not I couldn't even think of better candidates. Peak of their sort of... They're not necessarily even relevant. Well, I think you're, you're playing with fire. I'm absolutely not. I ask you, is America in the peak of its powers? Has it slightly waned recently? I uh, think we can all agree it has. Well, why would we match two waning products... And place them in a... It's the perfect metaphor to show everyone that when when, when we combine with Middle Eastern cultures, we can form something beautiful 
and and rise to to prominence again. Imagine this. Let me paint you a picture. Miranda, Charlotte, Carrie, Samantha, in the desert, under a gazebo, surrounded by manservants who are Middle Eastern from the United Arab Emirates, basically dropping grapes into their mouth similar to ancient depictions of Greek gods. (laughs) This is the image of what we want to put out there as the blueprint for how American and Middle Eastern cultures can work together going forward. This does not sound smart. Let me paint another picture for you. Or relatable in the Four American ladies... This sounds being waited on hand and foot offensive. by Middle Eastern people. We're here to show the world how America does business. How, how does America do business? We uh, we travel. We love to travel. We love to experience hmm. new things. We do love to travel. We love uh, interacting with other cultures, uh, particularly when they are providing us with goods Mo- and services. Mockingly. We're like in, engaging with other cultures m- mockingly. I think it would be fair to say we enjoy the odd jape. Uh, for example, I've just thought of this now, but perhaps when they touched down in Abu Dhabi, one of the residents there could ask them how the flight was because that's a standard yes. question one would yes. be asked. And I don't know, let's say Samantha could offer up was like a magic carpet ride. Oh, now that does tickle me. You know? That gets me right on my funny bone. Now, what I want to do is bring Aiden back into the fold because all mm. of our testing Ooh, shows he that was people, a dish. they really enjoyed Aiden. I, I kissed him once. Did you? At a party. How are his lips? Wonderful. Supple. They look supple. He soaks them in moisturizer. What I'm proposing is he that He built those, his own moisturizer bath. It's an inverse bath. He puts it on his lips. Those supple, Ooh. moisturized pulled, fully hydrated lips mm. are going to be smacking a big old kiss on the now married Carrie. Oh, no. Yes, that is That's where our tension is. What I'm thinking is I want to put the moment of tension about mm, 30 minutes away from the end of the film. The film is, of course, two and a half hours. I forgot to mention this, that. But You had me for a second. This sounds unreasonably, unseasonably long. No, listen. The, the movie cra- concept no, no, no. as it is, you have told me nothing of anything. The audience All you have us. is a, a person kissing a former person. A Liza Minnelli. What if is Liza that, Minnelli's in the movie? Is that Dame Judi Dench's daughter? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, the famous British stage actress uh, turned silver screen darling, Dame Judi Dench, mother to the nation of Britain. Uh, mother of a nation is also mother to um, Liza Minnelli. Little known fact. That is a little known fact. Uh, she's maybe be we in the could movie. do a documentary about that. Yeah, I think that would be an interesting side an project. Origin story. Maybe you do that with Adrian Grenier. I, I don't know. It's, oh, it's up to you. Adrian is going to love this. But what I'm proposing. Speaking of, you got to wrap this thing up because I got to go. I understand. Sex in the City Two. Open on a gay wedding. We'll chuck Liza Minnelli in there if that's going to get this thing across mm, the line. That will help. We fuck around for a couple of hours, then we pash Aiden. That's a movie. How does everything resolve? Well, uh, I'm spitballing here. I hadn't actually thought of the ending yet. But what if, uh, to reward Carrie's moxie and forthright behavior, Big buys her a diamond ring for cheating on him? Could it be a blood diamond? We can make that happen. Let's 100%. Make, let's make a movie. Okay, fantastic. I'm just going to need about $180 million because the women aren't talking at the moment and they're going to need a big old carrot to get them to sign off on this. Does that sound agreeable? 
Certainly. And we'll sell all the dead air as ad space. Great. Well, I've provided about two hours where nothing's going on. So there's a lot of room where we can just chuck some products in there. All Should right. be good. I'll invest all of my jacuzzi money in this. Fantastic. Hey, well, Mr. Montgomery, thanks again for your time. So we meet again at the same time and place next week. Yes, absolutely. I look forward to it, and uh, I'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.